0: I, Charles IV. or oh, is it the third? Bloody We will slide for the de of the crow. Let chrome. me put it to you. Because you, run, conquer. A conquer. Yes, you if can't If you win by one, oh, you've wow. won. Sick the phone it went it over the side. It, be it be is time to a loving the underside. I just think everyone should be sure. What the
1: fuck is going on? Part of the ACAST Creator Network and also available on Patreon.
0: Hello, I'm Mark Steele. Welcome to my podcast, where each week I ask the question, "What what the fuck is going on? The whole country is gripped by details of the coronation of King Charles III. Every day there's new information to excite us, such as Andrew told he has to sit under the table in an Amazon delivery box, or Tyson Fury said to be seething as he's not allowed to bring his pair of untrained Dobermans into Westminster Abbey. But the finest part of this entirely rational event has now been revealed. Apparently, the cross of Wales to be brought into the Abbey will include two splinters from the actual crucifix that Jesus was nailed to. Yes, the actual Fucking crucifix. Now, if you were sceptical, you might wonder how anybody knows whether the splinters can be matched with such certainty to the actual crucifix on which Jesus Christ, the Lord, our Saviour, was crucified. But I expect they are certain because they had Charles and Camilla onto Antiques Roadshow and there will be a special edition, which will be broadcast soon, where Fiona Bruce tells them. Now, our experts asked God, in a prayer, whether these were authentic. And I'm delighted to tell you that God said, I remember that day like it was yesterday. And they're definitely from the crucifix. Anyway, I'm omnipotent, so I should know. Not only that, but if you look closely, look here, you can see a tiny stain which comes from Pontius Pilate spilling coffee on it. So congratulations. And you might then wonder how the splinters have lasted this long. Did the Romans preserve them? I'm sure they thought, we regarded this chap as so dangerous that we crucified him. But even so, we ought to carefully keep the cross secure, as one day these splinters will come in handy for coronations of kings in countries that worship the bloke. After all, even when you're crucifying people, there's no need to be thoughtless. The Pope has personally handed the splinters over. I expect, he said, but make sure you give them uh, back. I lost so much of that crucifix by uh, lending out the splinters to mates who lose them. I give one to King of Norway who drop it on the carpet and over it up after it got stuck on the fingernail because caused an unpleasant blister. I wonder what the guests will have for dinner at this coronation. I expect it will be fish left over from when Jesus fed the thousands. He actually fed them so well, there was plenty to spare. And it's all been saved for a special occasion. It's a bit past its sell-by date, but as it was prepared by the Son of God, it shouldn't be too bad, even if it's on the turn. And when the wine's poured, the guests will be told, This is the Malbec 31 AD, a very fine vintage. It was water until Jesus got hold of it. Charles and Camilla will arrive at the abbey in a carriage pulled by the two zebras that were in the ark. They're a little bit wobbly as they're 3,000 years old and still a bit traumatized from the flood, but in a wonderful gesture, the chief rabbi of the great synagogue of Jerusalem handed them over. And on the way back, the carriage will be pulled by a horse that used to be a daffodil but was reincarnated and presented as a gift by the Dalai Lama. In any case, isn't this all a bit insensitive? Poor Jesus would say to Charles, I got crucified by that thing in bloody earth. And now you're using it as a fashion accessory. You were pushing your luck as it was breaking one of the actual commandments that my father handed down from the moment that you were married. But this is taking the piss. But you have to say this for the Romans, they built things to last. Whether it was roads or viaducts or crucifixes, their handiwork was as sturdy as any. Think how proud the carpenter who made this crucifix would have been if he'd known that bits of it would still be around 2,000 years later at a king's coronation. And it's certainly an argument in favour of old-fashioned carpentry. These days, if a despotic regime crucified the son of a deity, it would be done with cheap pine from ikea that some soldiers had to spend nine hours with muttering oh it says hang on read it again cross attach cross section b uh what's that to connecting pivot f where's pivot f is that it use an angulating swivel pin h i, I can't find it and then it had fall apart after three crucifixions had been taken to the council dump Now, the evidence for the splinters coming from Jesus's crucifix is that King Constantine's mother found it in 327 AD and apparently noted it had Jesus written on it. So that seems conclusive. Similarly, if you find a fragment of a pendant with Jesus on it, it may have been part of a car sticker, but it's more likely it was Jesus's driving license, which he needed because there were strict laws about who could ride a donkey around Galilee back then. Now, you might wonder why the crucifix that bore Jesus turned up 300 years later in England, but it was probably because there'd been a delivery of new crucifixes, so the old ones had to be slung out, and a fly-tipping gang dumped them into a bush in Essex, just round the corner from King Constantine's mum's place. See, we take the piss out of religions like Scientology and the Nation of Islam that preaches that a doctor bred white people as devils on a secret island, but at least the Nation of Islam never claimed to have a shard of glass from a test tube with a fragment of devil's horn still in it that Muhammad Ali wore on his shorts when he fought George Foreman. But the most likely explanation for the claim is that the splinters will go missing and there'll be an investigation, and it will all be blamed on Harry and Meghan, who then have to make a 50-program series on Netflix explaining they were framed. This story has so far to run, we've hardly started. <music> Last week, the Grand National took place at Aintree, which upset a number of people who protested against it for all sorts of reasons. Now, I'm not an expert on complaints about the Grand National, but luckily, we have with us somebody who is. George Galloway. Let me put it to you, Grand National. Your equine tomfoolery, masquerading as spotting extravaganza, fools nobody and has once again been laid bare as an iniquitous jamboree of bestial malfeasance fulfilling the avaricious insatiability of the collective banditry that comprises the betting industry, usurping incalculable currency at the cost of impoverishing the righteously disgruntled casual gambler, lured into the disreputable activity of placing a bet in the implausible aspiration of temporary Enrichment. To give one example, the creature entitled as Velvet Elvis was disinclined to elevate itself across Beeches Brook, opting instead to stand still before the fence like a refused conscript soldier of the Russian army in the field of battle in nineteen seventeen, and as a consequence was eliminated from the contest. Thus was my own bet discontinued, causing me to lose the fifty pence each way that I had placed upon its final position, rendering my financial investment irredeemable to be cast instead unto the vast and rapacious coffers of the capitalist leeches of William Hill. That grand national is why I shall no longer be contributing to the frenetic and addictive legalised burglary of this so-called race. And next year shall instead watch Torville and Dean's gold medal performance from Sarajevo at their Winter Olympics on YouTube. What the fuck is going on? Now, anyone who has even dreamt of wondering one day if they might pursue what the fuck is going on knows that they need expert advice and this week i am very pleased to say callie beaton is with us to explain what the fuck is going on callie what the fuck is going on right so in particular so uh, where are you at the moment
1: i'm in kentish town Right. In my kitchen, which you've already commented before we started recording, looks very beautiful. And I it explain looks- that's because I'm a single empty nester and I have nothing to do apart from make this kitchen look beautiful.
0: Well, that in the modern world, that is um, that is a job in itself, of course, because given that by the time, you know, experts predict that by 2050, most human beings will spend their entire lives on Zoom calls. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very important to have a very good looking kitchen.
1: And it's important to go on podcasts and make sure the first thing you say is you're single. It's, it saves me going on the apps. I just go around guesting, getting it out there that I'm very much single. And then I just wait for people to slide into DMs who have the same name as my dog.
0: Is that what is that taking over from Tinder and such things now then?
1: I think you get, here's me, look, a non-celeb, but you get to a point where it's sort of awkward to go on the apps because people, especially with a name like Callie, where as soon as somebody Googles right. Callie, I don't say I'm a comic if I go on the right. dating apps, but as soon as someone, it's not very hard to find me, and then I don't want them to have watched tons of videos of me before they've met me because I don't get to go and see them, you know, doing a meeting about... You know marketing insights, so it gets. And then your and then your level. How do you? Well, I mean, how do you meet people? Mark, how did you meet someone? It wasn't on an app, was it?
0: Uh, How I met people in my my life. Well, the last person I met, uh, uh, I've known for for decades. Yes,
1: the classic old friend, colleague becomes lover and significant other. It's it's a Richard Curtis movie. Your life now. Yes,
0: but I, I am. Becoming aware though that really we should set up a sort of branch of this podcast, which is called The What the Fuck is Going on Dating at?
1: Oh, please. And And if you do that, in fact, (laughs) let's found that, although you're not allowed to be on it now. That I would, I think that would do very well. Or just what the uh, fuck is going on dating? Let's just leave it at that. doesn't that matter if it's on or off the app. But that
0: could, yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously we'd have to charge a certain amount and then people could listen to I don't know what you'd, I don't know. I've never been on one, so I don't know how it works. But you swipe left, is that good?
1: Nothing to make me feel like a loser as much as you going, well, I've never needed to be on one, Kelly. But how well, no, do, pe- how do no, people like you No, I've never like said you, I've not you, needed
0: to be on one. People in the sewer,
1: what are you doing with the swiping? No,
0: I'm not saying I've not needed to be on one, but I've never, I've never chosen to be on one
1: was it the technology that put you off because i don't completely i wouldn't have a
0: fucking clue i'd end up going out with the archbishop of canterbury by mistake and there's (laughs) another podcast oh no i meant (laughs) to swipe the other way for you your holiness (laughs) 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 oh god anyway then i'd be on a podcast talking about ridiculous dates well, he bloody – anyway, of course, he, then he, he was half an hour off. late because he fucking – yeah, he was in the bloody pulpit and that needed cleaning and you – know, and then you know, there was some shitty little cafe in the vestry, you know, that was – oh, uh, I actually
1: think if stand-up doesn't work <coughs> out for me, because I'm all about, you know, as you know, I've got a few more career reinventions in me yet, and I think a service to help men market themselves – on apps and indeed just on social media because the cluelessness you go through and the bit people don't think of is the first thing you need to do is Search for people like yourself. So put in, I want to meet a woman between, in my case, you know, fifty three and fifty five, and then not because I do, although I wouldn't mind, but because I need to see the competition. So you look okay. at the competition, and <laughs> then you see these beautiful women in yoga things, all like right. skinny, and at my body's my temple. And then you look at the men; they do the same. You're like, me- and you're like, I can only see the top of your glasses. Your- stomachs <laughs> hanging out, the <your> washings <laughs> behind you. I can smell the desperation <laughs> coming off this. And you just think I could help you market yourself, middle-aged men, in such a way you'd at least get to a date. So I think that would be a service I could offer.
0: I'm quite tempted now to, to do one that's deliberately bad. Where I'm just sort of like. You're too fine
1: because they're all white
0: underpants. (laughs) You can't do that. I've got a sort of yellow stone down them and that. And I've got (laughs) the washing machine's all broken and there's all water pouring (laughs) over the floor. And I've sort of got an old pizza that I'm chewing. And I go, I don't know if you want to get out of me or not, but I'm fucking here, aren't I?
1: <laughs> and make sure lots of typos. Very lazy bio. Lots of typos. Don't want women with any emotional baggage. Stop crying. Oh, yeah, love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's. Anyway,
0: the- anyway, <laughs> panic. He goes and then, yeah, just. <laughs> but you'd still be you just-
1: fine because you'd be absolutely,
0: you'd be absolutely fine. Women would
1: be like, all right, he looks. I don't really like. Is that piss or egg on his vest? I don't care at this point.
0: <laughs> I'd have to say he's but if you wonder wondering about that, that would be your headline if you want to. Know if it's piss yeah. or egg, it. go for it's, a drink. Piss, it's piss and egg. I'll be honest with you. I had an egg. It was a bit runnier than I thought. Anyway, I never got a chance to go to the cars, and I piss the egg out. Is it normally this erudite when you
1: have
0: people listen to this? Right, I think people tune into this. Go, oh yes, it's a it's a wonderful satirical co- podcast about what's going on. I suspect we'll find out about whether the Bank of England is likely to raise interest rates over the next month. <laughs> and, then, and they'll be driving along. They won't even be able to change it, because that means they'll have to break the law. And, they're, they're, and most of my That's listeners, <laughs> most,
1: of, most of my podcast <laughs> listeners are because of hands-free. And I just come on after to Rob w- Widdicombe and Rob Beckett, they can't change the channel. They're like, oh, is that all right? <laughs> Here we are.
0: What is... Uh, right, this is how little I know about it. is. It's lefties- Accept and write is Or is
1: it no, the other way around No is, left is deny And right is accept I did come across um, Oh right And this genuinely Was was the thing I think it got into the press Which is I think What he wanted to happen So Michael Gove Made a brief foray Into the world of dating apps Did he? I was on Bum-
0: This well, is when he li- was a minister
1: When he was a minister This is about a year ago I was there I was bumbling away On the Bumble app And there he was I obviously swiped right Not because I wish Michael Gove To be my life partner But because I thought This would be some good shit Um, My opening line, because on Bumble, you make the opening gambit. I said, um, you know, aren't, aren't you meant to be running the country? He then uh, got sent one back saying, "What is it you think I should be doing next?" And I said, "Well, this is why we're in the shit. If you're asking people like me on a dating app, <laughs> um, and then I and then and then I said something about I don't know cheese and wine or something. Anyway, the sad thing was, I I think I played. I showed my hands too quickly, and he got wind of the fact I wasn't a prospect because I would have loved to get as far as actually meeting him for a date. Yeah. And anyway, my my mate Louise also matched with him. And I said, please, please get as far as, he really took a shine to her. And she's quite a successful sort of business woman. I said, he'll love you, but she wouldn't wouldn't string him along for a date. But the Spectator um, podcast were quite keen to get me on to to, talking about him having been on it. But yeah, so he really was on it, but it was, and and there was his pictures. There was a picture of him uh, um, wherever, you know, wherever it was, some horrible sort of boys club thing. Reese Mogg was in it, a whole load of, so he had these pictures on his, thing that were, I, I don't suppose were ideal to have in the public domain but he also um i think it was at the time when the rumors about him being gay were going yeah, around yeah, so he yeah, was yeah, damn yeah. keen to get onto the apps oh, and then leak it that, was. that he yeah, was out there yeah. looking yeah. for a woman i imagine no
0: that's what that so there was, you go yeah, i could yeah, yeah. have been like i was Michael thinking Goh. that cuz i would think isn't there a specialist i know there's a there's a specialist sort of celebrity, there's a celebrity one, isn't there? one yes. that you have to be invited onto yes, or something by you know jennifer lawrence or something which is also but shit it, is it mm, all right? I, okay, I don't. Yeah, but I would wonder whether there's a special cabinet minister one, and uh, so <laughs> and Michael Gove, and that's how I ended up going out with Jacob Rees-Mogg, and uh,
1: that's what we but saw. Also, that. I wonder
0: whether this is this is how this must explain a few things, Kelly, because it's quite possible that Liz Truss was on a dating app, really took a shine <laughs> from Terry, a van driver from South End, who, who went. I'll tell you what I'd do, love. Uh, because she probably had the same conversation. What should I do next? I'll tell you what I'd do. I'd uh, <laughs> fucking uh, spend all the money. Don't don't bother collecting taxes. nothing like that. Start <laughs> selling pork somewhere. I've got some pork out the van here. You can have that. For, it's going a bit off, love, but, you know, <laughs> it's all right. It's smart to sell, but don't be all right for another three, four days. And uh, she thought, yeah, do that. And that's why we're bankrupt. <laughs> and Terry's going, fuck! I can't help feeling fucking guilty. But
1: I if I could be on an earpiece on a dating <laughs> app to a couple of them, it might be the best hope we've got, to be honest.
0: <laughs> right. Oh, now this isn't what we're supposed to be talking about. We're supposed to be finding out what the fuck is going on. Although I think we've we've gone a, a, quite a long way. Uh, so, Caddy, you have a remarkable story as a, a stand-up because uh, you were in, you were working in uh, America. I believe.
1: Yeah. So I worked for, um, well, I worked for a, one of the Hollywood studios. I worked for Viacom, CBS, who own uh, Comedy Central and Nickelodeon and MTV. So I was shuttling back and forth. I was actually based here, but I would spend about one week in four in the States. So yes, I did have, I wasn't on the sexy side of telly. I was on the kind of execing side of things, but I did Uh, I I used to get a very good insight into comedy and I'd see kind of big names going from people like Amy Schumer from going from not not much to everything because we'd work with them from when they weren't big names. So I worked with lots of different people and some very established people as well.
0: Oh, what were they like? What were they like?
1: Well... I'll, I'll, shall I drop in my uh, my? my yeah. Shall I drop in my big name droppy story? Yeah. Uh, well, you've got yeah.
0: you've already set the bar high <laughs> exactly. with Michael Gunn. And
1: I, I tried to do a humble <laughs> brag. I'm like, I was nobody, but I knew people who were somebody. Did you like the way I led into it? So I yeah, didn't yeah, go full yeah. wanker. So the reason I got into stand-up was that I used to host industry events where I was the boring business person at the festivals in Cannes or wherever and we'd fly in whatever A-lister it was whose show we were trying to sell and get people to invest Mm. in. I would sort of do a few minutes on on the mic before the A-lister would come and do a turn for the drunken sort of TV executives and we'd hope they would part with their money. And I worked with Joe Rivers a few times and kind of hit it off. Um, I hadn't ever thought what a sort of iconic feminist she was as well as being bloody funny. And it was Joan Rivers who said to me, we had dinner, just the two of us, um, not long before she died. And she said, Callie, you should take up stand-up because what you're doing for me is kind of warm up for those few minutes whenever we do these events. And at the time I was 45 and I was a single mum and I had a board level day job. And I said, it's just too late for me to do that. And she said, I'm 81. What's stopping you? Get stuck in. Um, She probably didn't say it in those words and I won't try and do her accent. And then she died very soon after that, a couple of weeks later, very unexpectedly, and then I I got into stand up. So it's a it's a good um, start, sprinkled start. It didn't mean I wasn't shit uh, for quite a long time, but at least I had the backing of someone. No, who no, wasn't no. Shit.
0: Yeah, you had to back it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know who, I, who my equivalent was.
1: Uh, was it somebody who was into drains who was chatting to you in a pub?
0: No, I think it was. Uh, <laughs> I think it was. Uh, da- I think it was Darren. <laughs> from who lived in the squats in Crystal Palace <laughs> and uh, who then become a heroin addict.
1: <laughs> Listen, and look at the trajectory. Maybe the greater the influence who tells you, the less likely you are to succeed. If you start in train spotting, you're going r- to just rise to the Mark Steel Heights. <laughs> My best yeah. bit of stand-up was that opening conversation. Ever since then, I'm just pedalling to keep up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um- Right, Kelly, we've we've worked out what the fuck is going on, haven't we? I
1: think we've solved it. Yeah, thank (laughs) you for having me on.
0: What are you? uh, uh, Where can people come and come and see you? Obviously, you know, if they don't want to go on Tinder.
1: Well, uh, and they can't, <coughs> they can't see me on Tinder. She said, "Getting emotional, clear in her throat at the moment." Uh, so, uh, I am doing my next tours not until twenty twenty four. So, people can look on my website and see all my live stuff. Um, the big one for me at the moment is my podcast, Namaste Motherfuckers, which you have agreed to guest on. She said blackmailing yeah. him on air.
0: Is it about yoga?
1: It's not. It's it's about it's a kind of like a rye take on uh, comedy, well being, work life. Uh, so it's got a very sweet soul, but it's funny right. and a bit you know, a bit piss-takingy. And um, so, th- and we have lovely, we have lovely, lovely guests on it. Very high profile, Mark. You'll feel very, uh, very happy to be uh, among their, their hallowed heights. So yeah, Ooh. namaste motherfuckers. Um, so that's the weekly podcast that I love and that we've got lots of lovely listeners who are tuning into. And beyond that, I'm a massive TikToker, um, Instagrammer. Check out my reels. Uh, I've, I've just got a big, um big shampoo contract look because of this hair that is looking <laughs> oh. great. This morning. So when I yeah, say big does. shampoo I can contract, I can affirm to <laughs>
0: listeners that it, it does look remarkably. You're thinking wonderful. I've just
1: ordered twenty bottles of some shit on Amazon. You're like, I don't care.
0: No No, I wasn't thinking that at all. I was thinking I expect she uh she's got a contract with a shampoo company. There
1: you go. But yes, so I did so I do lots of um so yeah so you can check out my reels on any platform you want. I'm a shameless shameless reeler.
0: Marvellous. Thank you so much, Kelly, and please come back again if we ever Forget what the fuck is going on.
1: Thank you, Mark. <laughs> what the fuck is going on?
0: What the, fuck, what the fuck is going on? Tory MP Nadine Boris has made it clear that she'll be stepping down at the next election, and millions of people have been asking how will she cope with being away from the public eye? Nadine, how does it feel being out of the limelight?
1: Out of the limelight? Are you just fucking joking? I've got a show on talk TV and that gets over 60 million viewers. Because that's how many people there are in Britain and everyone I know watches it. Your first
2: show was watched by 8,000 people.
1: Well, that's 16,000 for a start because they've all got two eyes, which is one more than you'll have once my mate Jimmy the Claws had a word with you, you shithouse. Anyway... I'll tell you who is out of the limelight. You are, because you never go out. You just stay indoors watching repeats of Carol Vorderman on Countdown because she's a liberal these days and you fancier. I'll have two from the bottom, Carol. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Carol! Uh!
2: I believe you've also got a column in the Daily Mail. What's the column going to be called? It's called Shut Your Face,
1: Your Shithouse. Here's this week's Keir Starmer, Shut Your Face, Your Shithouse, Gary Lineker, shut your face, you shithouse. Rishi Sunak, shut your face, you short ass little shithouse.
0: What the fuck is going on? Thank you so much to all those of you who are now supporting us on Patreon. It is because of you and your magnificence that we can continue our quest to find out what the fuck is going on. If you would like to join these wonderful, virtuous, radiant people for as little as £2 a month, follow the link on our Twitter page or go to www.patreon.com www.patreon.com and type in what the F is going on or to really... Be in the advanced league of people knowing what the F is going on. For £4 a month, you'll get a longer ad-free version of the episode with extended interviews, bonus sketches. This week, for example, there's Lieutenant Colonel Sir Ambrose Chisler's Dodecahedron with a remarkable memory of the last coronation. Also, you will get the episodes on Friday nights. Unlike everybody else who has to wait until Saturday morning sitting in the garden, freezing... Unsure of which way to turn, maybe looking at films that they don't want to watch in the middle of the night, so that it in an attempt to make the night go quicker. So, go to www.patreon.com and type in what the F is going on to join the WTF community. It is the time of the week when you should settle down with a bugler to herald. Is that the right verb? the announcements the grand announcements that I wish they were more grand this week I wish I could say the first announcement is that we are we've been we've been bought out by a, a major corporation and we're now going to be moving out of town to a huge Seventy thousand seat stadium for the podcast. Uh, it's obviously going to take you an hour and a half to to get there on the train every week, but there will be. And most of the new stadium will be for hospitality, but uh, it's nothing much like that. I can announce that. I've got various shows on my tour, and uh, I shall say the same ones I said last week. You probably won't take any notice. Uh, there's um, the Theatre Royal at Brighton on the June on June the 3rd, and the Fairfield Halls in Croydon. If you're from outside Croydon, you can come for the day to look at the beautiful hanging gardens of Thornton Heath, and there's some wonderful, wonderful stately homes right across New Addington, uh, and then come to the show in, in the evening. And Newcastle on the day before the coronation whatever that is may the 5th or something like that that's massive that place we're not going to sell that out to about 800 million seats even if everyone in the world came they'd still go oh yeah this we, we never got to open up the top bit uh so uh there's, there's those oh and i'm doing one in lancaster that's not in the brochure that was just put in like it's on the 17th 17th of june lancaster um yeah I, uh else mentioned elsewhere in this podcast i believe Also, we have lots of questions from the Patreon subscribers and from Twitter. Uh, Dave Barker, one of our uh, Patreon supporters, says, we all know that our scientist friends don't always seem to focus on what seems to be the most pressing matters. I'd be interested to hear Mark's take on their latest effort, robot snakes to find aliens. I don't know what this story is. If they have said that they are training snakes or that they have designed robot snakes to find aliens, that would be about 80,000% more rational than the people who are saying that the King of England will be crowned while wearing splinters from the cross of Jesus. I would say, if I was in the class where both of those things would come up, I'd say, okay, let's just, I can see a problem with robot snakes to find aliens, but, you are definitely the most grounded person in the class today compared to these people who have clearly been on bloody, previously hitherto undiscoverable mushrooms. Uh, yeah, I could see that. Robot snakes. I don't know what they do. Do they as they float into the sort of furthest reaches of the Milky Way, finding as yet undiscovered stars? And uh and then an alien will go, Ooh. Uh what if they eat robot snakes? There they are in five million years time when the robot snakes goes out to the other end of the galaxy and they go, Oh blind me, I've found an alien and but unluckily it is uh, the one food for a, this particular alien is robot snakes. I once met a bloke in a pub outside uh portland place where the bbc is i think i've done some radio show and i got talking to a bloke who'd been on some radio program there and he had been um have i got this right yeah he had been searching for the world's longest snake (laughs) and he was in some sort of village in the middle of chad or something and Word got round to the next village where they had the world's longest snake, and so he, he sort of walked the thirty miles in the heat to the next village where these people were waiting for him to come and find the world's longest snake, and they chopped it up. They just thought he wanted to eat it. They must have thought this bloke's really hungry. He wants to, you know, he's not going to. He's starving because they, ate, you know, they eat the snakes in this village. And normally, you know, a little snake would do probably as long as you have, you know, little and often, three a day. I don't know, plenty of protein. And I never thought this bloke wants to, he must be absolutely famished. So they just cooked it. I don't know if it's true. That's what the bloke in the pub told me. And, you know, most things that are true. If it isn't true, it's nowhere near as untrue as the splinters from the cross of Jesus being used for the bloody coronation. Right. Chris Bartley, one of our Patreon supporters, says, I'm glad you liked Abergavenny. Unfortunately, it was sold out, so I couldn't make it. I'm sorry, Chris Bartley, about that. Uh, hopefully, next time they make the f- they they get planning permission to add an extra seat. I hope you didn't make the mistake he says that Tim Vine made when he referred to being an Aberystwyth. Well, I yeah no, I didn't make uh, I didn't make that mistake. It might have been a pun that Tim was working on, I guess. Um, but you know, Abergavenny, Aberystwyth. If you're from England, it all—the thing is—it all seems very much the same because we're so daft. We haven't got a clue about Wales. We get across Seven Bridge, and you think, "Oh, we need—I might—I might get out and walk the rest of the way. It can't be far now to Milford Haven, and it's ninety-five thousand miles. It's actually bigger than the universe. Wales, and uh, at the at one end of it is where the aliens live. But uh, if only we had a robot snake that could discover them. It is the time of the week when the entire nation stops what it's doing, forgets its concerns over who's coming to the coronation, completely abandons any notions of ever paying off the mortgage or even this month's electricity bill, because they want to know what the youth would have been saying if the youth went up to the age of 26 and nine months Elliot Steele. Hello. <laughs> Have you ever had an introduction like that before? No, no. I've had some bad introductions before, but that's pretty, that's
2: not, that's not bad. That's
0: pretty up there, is it? No,
2: I've had, uh, I once had a guy, what's his name, he, he runs his gigs in Portsmouth. He's a comic, and he, he brought me on as you. He brought me on as Mark Steele. <laughs> and, and like, let me say this the age of the audience were delighted in that few seconds that you were there <laughs> and then very quickly underlighted as I walked on.
0: Oh no, I'm so, so bad. Yeah, that well... was an
2: uphill battle in that set. And then he gave me notes about my gig. He was like, well, you know, I think you need to, and what? I'm like, listen here, you cunt. You fucking, it's a, a note for you. Don't bring me on as my dad. Fucking telling me what I need to do. <laughs> That's the main thing that would have helped <laughs> is if, if they didn't think it was Mark Steele. You know, you know and maybe take I'll an imagine. extra pause here. Maybe
0: fuck off. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> um, so two or three weeks ago, I had a moment where it, I found out that there was a French stand-up night in Waterloo. Mm. And I went along to it thinking... and. Uh, oh, it's just, I've just seen it on the internet. I'll get there and it won't be happening or it'll be the wrong date or something, or it won't be French stand-up. They'll have mixed it up with French flower pressing. And I, But I got there and think, oh, no, there's no one here. Uh, Oh, there's some stairs at the back of this pub. And I went up the stairs and opened the door and there was this beautifully laid out uh, comedy club Mm. upstairs in this pub in Waterloo with about the sort that, yeah, you know, When I first started, you go people would go, oh, that's a brilliant place to do. Yeah. And it was about 120, maybe 150 people, wow. mostly sort of in their 20s, early 30s, um, French. Wow, yeah. And it was an open mic night. So I asked to, to go on and they said, you can go on. And that, in that moment, I had this surge of adrenaline that I thought, God, I remember this from being... Sort of twenty four, really, and like, oh God, going on at a place, and you're and nobody knows who you are, and and there's and they they were all really nice, these other acts and that stuff, and but it that was ah, I've got to do this in another language, mm. so that was really uh, um, yeah, that was really exciting. So I thought, oh God, I quite like being in this world. All I've got to do is move to another country, just fake my own suicide, something like that. Like you, do, you don't Perry. have to do
2: that. You could just move to the other country. You don't have to. Do, you could just tell me and my sister, "Hey, I'm moving to France." It would go all right. You wouldn't have to. Why, you not have to like kill, pretend to kill yourself and let us go through the fucking no. the fucking horror of thinking our dad has killed himself just because you wanted to mm. go and live in Boulogne or something. You know, or cute, like you don't have to. You could just go. I'm just moving here, and we'll go. All right, we'll come see you when we can. Yeah, it'd know. be more
0: romantic I, to yeah, go down it, to Dover uh, with a canoe, wouldn't it? And then just, you know... And what, we're like, leave our some... dad canoed himself to death? Well, I'd probably let you in on the secret.
2: Probably, like, we're just there, we're just there, uh, like, oh my God. I've not even got that.
0: life insurance, I, so I can see it would be... Bo- I can't even I'll believe see that. I see would be many inv-
2: But then you would also go, <laughs> yeah. when we finally discovered that you're alive, would go... There was no need for all that extra. <laughs> there was no need for that part. <laughs> you could have
0: just yeah. told us. Well, well, you know, in my in my late forties, I discovered that I had this very very strange connection because my natural father was part of the Claremont Club, uh, in the, the the sort of piratical entrepreneurial people who played backgammon in the, Britain's first legal gambling club uh, and he played backgammon and was part of the claremont set along with um aspin set up the club and tiny rowlands and james goldsmith and lord lucan mm. so i have this sort of strange connection with lord lucan so i think there'd be something quite romantic if i just disappeared off mm. the coast and nobody knew where i was and then there were just rumors i've seen someone doing stand-up at an open mm. mic night in in Bordeaux. Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, that won't be him. Yeah. <laughs> is there, uh, is there, um, I was uh, watching a show on solved mysteries one time about this, uh, dad who committed family side and then in France right. and then made it look like right. he, he'd taken himself off and killed himself, but he hadn't. They're like, he definitely hasn't. We think he like got on like a freight in like a crate and hid to South America. Yeah, we're trying to track him down. Uh, have you ever, like, how close have you ever been to family side? Like, when you become a parent, do you kind of get it a bit more? Do you, like, do you go... What, a, killing like, your family? But yeah, do, does something happen? Because I think that's horrible. But is there ever a point as a parent where you're like, I get it. Like, I, I don't agree with it, but I get it. No. Okay, right. That's interesting, because I, I... What sort of question know, is that? Well, all right, all right,
0: just, just, then I was reading about this guy in Germany in 1931 who joined the stormtroopers... How close have you mm. been to being a stormtrooper?
2: Dri- oh, oh, no. no. Let me use it. Let me use an analogy. Right. So, like, <laughs> we all agree, drunk driving is bad, and it's terrible. Yes. But yes. after you've had a few drinks and you want to get your car home, you see why people do it. Do you see? Oh, you think- you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. you see why people do it, and you think, "I understand how this happens. I, I am aware yes. that this happens." And that's like, let's call that level one. Right, that, that, that's like a that's like out of ten. That's like a two or a three. It's bad, and it causes some horrific yeah. things. But you, it's, it, it, I, I guarantee a lot of the listeners would be being hypocritical if they said they'd never done it. Or, or well, some might. Be. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do, I, do
0: agree with well, you that if you just say someone who does that is evil, then the, you're not understanding why people do it because yes. so on, it's it, the consequences can be evil, but you, yeah, but uh, yeah, the yeah. act itself comes out of a uh, yeah. And then, yeah, and then, a, and then, like
2: a ten is a, a ten is family side. Like a ten is like, but you still, <laughs> you still, like, kind of go. I see how it. I, I now, absolutely awful, but I, 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 I can de- I, 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 know the steps to get in there. No, oh, okay, no, right. I okay. never. It
0: never right. occurred to me to murder everybody in the family and then climb in a box and get myself posted to South America. I think, oh, f- f- thank God for that. I'm in a box <laughs> on a boat that's fucking going to take eight weeks, and it'll go to somewhere in Argentina, and then I'll have to bloody reinvent myself. as a. But thank the Lord, at least I don't have to do any fucking washing anymore. <laughs> I know. I- <laughs> okay. And I know I always wanted a family, and now they're mm. all dead, and they're oh. probably all looking for me they're never going to find me out in this village where I'm just running a donkey farm, but, but at least I'll never have to change another nappy.
2: No, I, I, again, and I'm not advocating for it. I cannot stress that enough. <laughs> I don't want people thinking that I'm saying this is a good thing. What I'm, I, no, but, but what I'm saying is, is like, isn't it funny in life how you can see the steps to ending up. So like nuclear war, like nuclear war, we, we're not, <laughs> anywhere near but you can see how shit can quickly end up there you can go like oh yes i can literally. see that like, yes and so so when can... you sort of
0: hear the yeah 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 so when you hear the sort of number of of people in sort of senior positions now who argue quite seriously that it would be possible to win a nuclear war and that yeah. a nuclear war wouldn't necessarily result in the sort of an uh the uh, global apocalyptic annihilation that we previously thought was possible you could see yeah I mean, nobody. I can't imagine many people in the world would have embarked on the First World War, and many of the governments would have embarked on the First World War if they would have known if they didn't known it was going to. But they all thought it was going to be over by Christmas and so on. So I can see that, yes. But so, like you but just then that's see the different stick. because that's it's sort of unraveling the the okay, thing but you're but talking the about would be-
2: can unravel a little bit. It can.
0: I could imagine it probably does, Who
2: the fuck's put the off-milk back in the fridge? <laughs> <laughs> and then it just from there, you're burning the house down. Like, it, it, it,
0: it, you know, it unravels. That's how it starts, I'm yeah. Just, I'm just saying, I'm oh, sure lovely. That's... Oh, I'm absolutely exhausted. I'm just going to have a cup of it. Oh, God, that's off the lumps. <laughs> Fuck. By yeah. the time the night's out, it's petrol in the bed okay right now now here's the thing right this might be slightly different but robin ints argues in uh, a book that i know it's obviously he's quoting other psychologists scientists or whatever to do with the brain that you know that feeling you have when you're on a high building and you think i could jump off or you know maybe you're holding a baby and then you might sort of have that thought i could what i could just throw this baby yeah. in the road
2: intrusive fruit now thoughts, yeah it's how you react right to intrusive
0: thoughts Yes, and so uh, psychologists will say. uh, So Robin argues, and who am I to argue with him that that uh, that's healthy Mm. because it's your your brain seeing the possibility of that in order to reject it. Mm. You know, so that's quite a healthy thing. So I can see our sort of all the milks off. I'm going to get. uh, you know, I've got and luckily I've got a hand grenade in my bag. I might just throw that through the letterbox as I'm leaving. Right, that thought <laughs> <laughs> that might just be Oh no, it won't go through the letterbox. And then
2: just
0: really the fucking porch is destroyed. Now you're even worse. Oh, that's gonna cost about five grand to fix that. Yeah, that um uh, yeah, so that's. But I don't, you know, I do have, I do have those sorts, but I don't think I've ever, th- <laughs> not because the milk's off. No, but I, th- ever- I don't know. Things like that don't bother me really. It's more call centres not, okay, not right. uh, but putting me through. So like- then I think I could absolutely burn that down the call centre well, absolutely. So old. let's let's say. And actually, in fact, I think that would be a positive thing. No, so I think there is an absolute route I. Uh, well, you're
2: you're part of that route. If someone said we're taking out a call centre, hmm. if you saw on the news that a call centre got taken out, and then yeah. you you went well, and they're not, they're not- <laughs> I then I know how that I, that. I don't agree with the methods, but you know they they were playing with fire by putting people on hold for that long. You would you would then <laughs> be one of the people who would be sympathetic towards the cause.
0: No, I think it'd be worse. I think I'd be thinking, God, it wasn't me who did that, was it?
2: <laughs> We're going to end up on a watch list. We, you can't say any of this.
0: <laughs> well, I think we should continue this next week. I think we've opened up a whole new uh, port. Um, what do you call it? What's it when you go into the into the underworld portal. portal? I think we've old we've we've un, yeah we've uncovered a whole new portal into the world of what the fuck is going on. Yeah, with the with the human mind. Yeah, I think there's one of these sort of self help books. Do you want to burn down a call center? <laughs> no, but, but I'm just five million a- <laughs> copies read in the first week.
2: I'm, I'm just <laughs> speaking on the basis of like understanding how you end up somewhere, which is you know
0: yeah
2: we're you know. So to for uh, as Carl Young says for uh, a tree to reach heaven its roots must reach hell
0: there you go that's yeah. what the fuck is going on that's what we've been waiting for for the last 77 episodes thank you very much Elliot Steele what the fuck is going on? thank you so much for listening to this podcast if you've liked it rate it and if you can be bothered write a review if you can't be bothered spend all night writing a review if there is anything at all that you think I should be finding out what the fuck is going on with it. Please send me a message on Twitter at WTF is going on pod at WTF is going on pod. And we will look at every message that you send. If you'd like to become a WTF supporter and get early access to ad free extended versions for as little as two pounds a month, please visit our Patreon page. What the f- fuck is going on was hosted by me, Mark Steele, with my guests Callie Beaton and Elliot Steele. Voices by Sarah Alexander. It was written by Mark Steele and Pete Sinclair. Music by Willie Dowling. Produced by Mike Bedwell. What the fuck is going on was brought to you. I'm not going to get there by WTF Productions.